0: Gentlemen, presented by the WZWA network. It's the Insider Surge podcast with your host Carlifornia. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Insider's Edge podcast here on the WCWA Network. I'm your host with the most on the West Coast, California in theory. It's a joy to be with you all once again. And speaking of a joy right here, right now, I get to speak to a guy who I'm very interested in learning about his time in professional wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the one, this is the only, Mr. Rico Casanova. How are you, sir? Hey, how
1: are you doing, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you again. I'm really excited to learn about your, your time of professional wrestling, sir. And, and the first question I ask on this show, as usual, is uh, before you got involved in the wrestling business, how did you first become a fan of professional wrestling?
1: Well, you know, I grew up in Puerto Rico and uh, my grandfather and my dad were big wrestling fans. And uh, my grandfather and my dad uh, grew up in New York. So they were big fans of uh, Bruno San Martino you know, watching the big old WWWF in back in those days. So when they moved to Puerto Rico, uh, they started watching wrestling in Puerto Rico, which was Carlos Colon, uh, capital sports promotion in the early seventies. And so me watching with them every Saturday morning, watching the TV show, uh, got me to become a wrestling fan since I was a little kid.
0: Right. That's amazing. I wasn't aware that you actually grew up, uh, in Puerto Rico as well. That's really cool. So, um, I guess as a fan, you know, with your father and all that, did you get to go to any of the shows?
1: Oh, yeah. So my dad, uh, he, uh, he, every Saturday, he was taking me to this uh, stadium called iran B-thorn, uh 15,000, 20,000 people packed. And that's why I actually got to see Andrew the Giant and and big stars like that, that, that I used to go there. Ric Flair uh, went by there as well. And, uh, and what my dad used to do, he gets so excited from the wrestling show.
0: Sorry, I think you might have accidentally muted yourself there.
1: Um, you know, I, I, I always wanted to become a wrestler. I was Since I was a little kid, that's what I, I, I love doing.
0: Right, cool. So that's amazing got to see Andre the Giant and all that. That's that's just amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, okay, uh, you, you're a fan all these years at some point. Um, you, you you do want to get into the business. How did you go about figuring out how to get into the wrestling business?
1: So what happened was, you know, I never knew how to get into the wrestling business. So what happened was I, I joined the military real young, at 17 years old, because I became a father at 17. So at that age, I said, you know, I have to do something to take care of my child, right? So I joined the military, uh, was in the army for a few years, Went to uh, the the war. I was in Desert Storm uh, in 1991, and uh, and after I came back from the war, I was stationed in in Fort Myer, Virginia, and the Honor Guard. And the Honor Guard is actually the unit, the most prestigious unit in the military, in the Army, that watches the president. That when you see the president coming down in the helicopter, and you see the guys there watching him, or the two Modelo soldiers, that's the guys from the Honor Guard, right? So I was in that unit. And, uh, and that was in right outside Washington DC. I actually saw, I, I always watch wrestling, I told you. So I saw that there was a wrestling show in, in, in the Washington DC Armory. So I decided to go watch it live. And when I'm going to the wrestling show, I see one of my soldiers, I was a Sergeant back then. So I saw one of my own soldiers uh, working security at the wrestling show. So I see my soldier uh, walking Ric Flair, Sting, Brian Pillman, Walking him to the ring and back, right? So I'm like, what? And that was a Saturday. I remember that was a Saturday, Saturday night. Monday morning, we do PT in the unit, and I see him, and I call him over, and I say, hey, I saw you at the wrestling show Saturday. He's like, yes, Sergeant. I'm like, well, how'd you get to do that? And he told me he was going to a wrestling school. And I'm like, what? You know, I got the little light bulb go off, right? (laughs) And I'm like, wrestling school? Uh, First time I ever heard of that. So he told me, yeah, the Monster Factory right here in Maryland, about 45 minutes away. And um, so I said, Tuesdays and Thursdays, that was a Monday. I said, oh, tomorrow I'm going with you. And that's how I started. That's how I started going to wrestling. Squad. I went there and met Dwayne Gill. He was actually the instructor. He did Gilbert. I don't know if you know. Yes. And uh, Axel Rotten was also there as well. And uh, from that day on, I started training.
0: Wow, that's really cool. Yes. I've I've had Dwayne Gill on the show. Uh he's a very, very nice man. Um yes, so was, yeah. wow. So what a whirlwind. Uh and to be honest, like when you talk about how you you you're in desert storm, uh, I've never really had the chance to speak to anyone that was, you know, went to a war. Uh that must have been right. so frightening for someone at your age then to to be doing something so confronting like that. Um
1: you know, I was real young then. I was in my early 20s when I, when I went to Desert Storm. And uh, honestly, to be honest with you, you really don't, at that age, when you're so young, you really don't think about things like that, right? You you really don't. And I, I find it that now, at my age now, is when the effects are starting to kick in, you know, that all, all those things that happen to you, they, they you actually start to feel the effect now uh, at, at my age. But when you're young like that, you know, you're full of, adrenaline you're full of you know excitement and oh what you know you really don't think about it much you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. it's and and to be honest with you i i have a lot of respect for the the people that were in the world war one world war two in vietnam they, they actually had i believe had a lot worse than i did and i, I had to see what they had to go through we i think ours was a cakewalk compared to what they went through you know what i mean so it's uh i have a respect for those people
0: Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for sharing. Um, so, a monster factory. Uh, I've had this uh, uh, training facility brought up many times over the last few years. We've been doing this podcast. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the experience you had there, and 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 you know what you learned most from guys like Dwayne and Axel?
1: Well, you know, uh, the monster factory was owned by Pretty Boy uh, Larry Sharp, and he and he had his in New Jersey, the main one. Uh, and Dwayne ran, ran the one in Maryland, and uh, it, it was a great experience. I remember uh, my it was a small class. It was about six of us, and uh, we trained about three months before we actually got to get in the ring for the first time and actually in a, in a real match, which was a battle royal. And, and I remember that battle royal, we had guys like Tommy Dreamer, Chris Candido, uh, this guy named The Spider, which became one of the headbangers. And uh, it, it, it was a great experience, which I did not know the initiation is when you, you know, when you first, your first match, you get chopped like 50 times and, you, and your chest is all red and, you know, and and I mean, bleeding, but I enjoyed it. I had fun. I was like, oh my God, I couldn't wait to, uh, when I got in the ring uh, and did that, I knew that's what I wanted to do. It's like, there was no doubt in my mind. That was my calling. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Very cool. So yeah, the first match was a twenty-man battle royal. Uh, I believe my research is telling me here. Um, That's right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I also, through my deep dive in research, uh, found out about an experience you had. A a company in South Carolina called ACW. Uh, That's right. You, you uh, managed to become a a champion there once, a, a United States champion or something along those lines. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. I I so when I was a what happened was I got out of the military. So let me tell you how we got there. Yep. So when I was there training at the Monster Factory, I, I left the military. I, I said, I want to get out of the military. I want to do wrestling you know, full time. But I uh, I went back to Puerto Rico. So uh, Dwayne Gale knew the booker in Puerto Rico, which was Dick Murdoch, was running the stuff there for uh, Carlos Colon in Puerto Rico. And he gave him a call and said, I have this guy that can do TV for you. So I went to Puerto Rico and um they trained, they had me train at their at the ring and saw that I was, you know, I I, pa- I passed. And uh so they had me do TV every Wednesday, just you know, enhancement talent, right? Yeah. And because I spoke English, I, I I wrestled all the foreign guys. I'm talking about guys like uh Abdullah the Butcher, Akeem Olumba, Carl Wallace, Mr. Hughes all big names uh, that w- that went through there, I I, I wrestled uh, as a husband talent. I did that for about, about a year or so. And uh, I decided to move to the States to, you know, cause I have my family, I have my kids, right? So I wanted to have a, try to look for a better job opportunity. Plus I knew that in the Carolinas and the Charlotte area, you know, WCW was starting out and, you know, a lot of, it was a big wrestling ground there, right? Proving up for wrestling. And my aunt was living right outside Charlotte. So I went to uh, move to, to her in North Carolina and I started training at Ivan Kolov's wrestling school. And uh, I I saw an independent show. I went there and uh, they liked how I wrestled. So they said, hey, come next week to uh, this plane in Manning, South Carolina. So I went there on oh, Manning's North Carolina, one, one of those two. I can't remember. Yeah, I know it was Manning. I just don't know if it was North or South Carolina. Yeah. And, uh, so I go there as ACW and that's where I met Rob Van Dam for the first time we did that. And there's other guy named Chaz Rocco, Jimmy Jam Garvin, Dick Slater, uh, Greg Dehammer Valentine. And so I get there and say, Oh, you're going to be a part of this 20 man battle Royal. And there's, there's two battle Royals. The winner of each battle Royal is going to wrestle each other. And then the winner of that is going to wrestle the the United States champion. At that time, the United States champion was Jake the Snake Roberts. So here I'm thinking my first match with this company, I'm thinking I'm, you know, I'll be in the battle royal, you know, I'll, I'll be one of the first guys eliminated. You know what I mean? No, they tell me I'm gonna be the I'm gonna win the battle royal, then I'm gonna beat the other guy, and then I'm gonna wrestle Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Now I'm used to wrestling names, like I told you in WWE in Puerto Rico, all the big names came through there. I'm used to wrestling them, but not nobody like Jake the Snake Roberts, right? Uh, One of my idols. So, uh, and, but my main thing was that not that I was wrestling Jake the Snake Roberts, he told me I'm going to win. So I beat Jake the Snake Roberts, but my main thing was, okay, then I'm going to, I have a phobia of snakes, right? So I knew, I knew that once the match was over, that I was, I was going to have to snake on me for one way or the other, right? So I had to overcome that, uh, that phobia in order to have the snake, you know, put the snake on me and at the end of the match. And so that was you know, I, I wouldn't say me beating Jake the Snake Roberts was my biggest accomplishment, was having uh, the snake on top of me. That, that's probably my biggest accomplishment.
0: <laughs> I can imagine that would scare me shitless as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, another thing I found really interesting uh, is the 20th of December in 1996. Uh, there happens to be a situation where Sid Vicious is supposed to be facing Duke the Dumpster Drosy, who does not make the show. Uh, in some random twist of fate. I've done my homework. Uh, In This random twist of fate, somehow you are put on this show. I believe it's a a co-promoted show with the WWF and the WWA. uh, And you end up working with Sid Vicious in this show in Puerto Rico. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: That's correct. So I was in the first match uh, at that show. And uh, the book in that show was actually Dutch Mantel. And uh, it was a show because, you know, Sabio Vega in that time was not in, in WWF. So he he uh, he opened up a promotion in Puerto Rico, WWA. And, you know, being he was at WWF at the time, he did joint shows in Puerto Rico. So he brought down Sid Dishes, Sid Justice at the time. He was a WWF champion. And he was supposed to defend the title against Duke the Dumpsey-Josie. And for some reason, he started out in Miami. He missed it or something. He didn't make it. And, and he was so, uh, he loved the way I, he watched my, me work in my in the first match. And he said, oh, I just met the Puerto Rican show Michaels. And uh, so he wanted to wrestle with me. So, yeah, he, he actually chose me, handpicked me uh, to wrestle with me and defended the WWF title against me in that show. That's that was crazy. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> hey, tell me about it. Uh, the match didn't last too long, but I was happy. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> I'd be happy too. Um, yeah. So, again, uh, your, your career is, you know, moving along there through the 90s. Uh, you, you know, you're working uh, a bit in Florida. You're working a bit in uh, uh, Puerto Rico, of course. Uh, I know that there's a time, though, where uh, uh, some problems with your kidneys took you away from professional wrestling for a little bit. Um, how was it that you were able to finally come back from that?
1: So uh, So, uh, in between Florida... Puerto Rico, I had lived in New Jersey for for about a year and a half, two years. And I, I did a lot of wrestling there and I, and uh, teamed up with a guy named uh, Mike Busce, which is known as Supernova, which is Simon Dean in WWE. Yeah. And uh, we did a lot of wrestling there, New Jack City Wrestling, a lot of other promotions. And I actually was going to have my ECW WWE tryout uh, right next to each other. Right. And uh, when I was going to do that, I actually, I trained a lot playing basketball. I used to be a real good, you know, basketball player. I was a decent basketball player. And that's how I always had my cardio, you know, playing basketball all the time, you know, pick up games and stuff like that. So I twisted my ankle, like, like the Thursday, I was supposed to have my tryout like a, like on a Monday and Thursday, I twisted my ankle. So I'm like, oh my God, what, what luck I got. So I went to the emergency room and when they did all these tests on me, they said my blood pressure was high and I was always a healthy guy, you know? So when they did blow work on me, they found out something wrong with my kidneys. So anyway, so uh, make a long story short, they had to do a biopsy biopsy on me and they they did this whole thing. So there's a storm, the chemicals from the war and there's a storm actually damaged my kidneys. You know what I mean? So I had to, uh, right after my match with Sid Bishes, you know, I went to Puerto Rico, you know, from New Jersey. I had to, I went back to Puerto Rico. I had to, you know, wrestle, did all that had the match with Sid Justice. And right after that, about three months after that match, and I remember Dave Heppner at that show was going to call Vince McMahon to let him know that, you know, they found somebody, you know, a Spanish guy that speaks English. You know what I mean? I was going to be part of – I would will, have fit good in with the Attitude Era. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, I had to go on dialysis. Three months after that, I was on dialysis. So, uh, so I lost my chance to do that. Uh, I was on dialysis for about a year and a half. I thought my wrestling career was over. Right. I, I, cause you know, you never heard anybody with a transplant or anything, wrestle again, you know what I mean? That, that on any sport whatsoever. So I, but I had my kidney transplant in April of 1999. Uh, after that, I moved to Florida. I then I, I moved permanently here to Florida where I'm at now to Orlando and, uh, there was a wrestling school nearby this is maybe six months after my surgery and uh so I I said well if I can't wrestle I can at least help train guys you know you know help them do what I can or maybe even as a manager you know what I mean just maybe be a ringside right and uh I do that and then I remember I was at the wrestling school one day and I just I was in the ring by myself right you're standing in the middle of the ring and I look down I'm like huh I wonder what would happen if I took a bump right here like what yeah. what took a bump you know so I just took a bump. I just, I, without thinking, I just took the bump and just stood there and, and thought about it. I'm like, huh, not bad. I mean, it, it, I mean, you don't feel bad. I stood up again. I did it again. So that's, that's when I said, why not? Why not wrestle again? Who, who says I, you can't wrestle after having a kidney transplant, right? And at that time, there was a basketball player named Sean Elliott for the San Antonio Spurs uh, uh, that had just had a kidney transplant. And... Uh, he was tr- he was gonna try to play basketball after his kidney transplant, right? So I'm thinking to myself, huh? Before he tries, before he plays basketball, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna beat him too. Right? I'm gonna be the first athlete to uh, come back after a kidney transplant. Yeah. So lo no and behold, I did that. I I actually I'm the first I'm the first pro wrestler or athlete in the world ever to wrestle or participate in sport with a kidney transplant. So I did it before Sean Ellie and anybody. I'm the first one officially to do it. So I I did it and uh, I, I I did well. I did that for a few years. They had told me when I got my transplant that uh that it could come back, you know, with the 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 thing from Desert Storm that it could come back because it was only my 50% compatibility the the transplant. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, but during that time I. I wrestled in WWC full-time, five days a week for like three years. I did that. And uh and then I, I had to go on dialysis again after five years. My kidney failed. So I went on dialysis again for three years. And then I got my transplant, and then that one lasted me for 13 years. And uh, but I'm I'm I might be going ahead of you, so you might have right. some more questions for me. So I'm I might be jumping ahead.
0: No, that's okay. That's amazing that you were able to come back uh, from something so serious—not once, but twice. Uh, So wow, what what
1: a great story! And um, the first one in the world to do with one kidney transplant, and the first one also to do with two kidney transplants.
0: (laughs) So you got both records. That's fantastic. Um, So okay, so uh, you you were able to come back and um, and and wrestle and and wrestle full time five days a week. Uh, I know that. You've been, um, uh, you've portrayed quite a a good heel over the years, Uh, especially when you're wrestling in Puerto Rico, you're performing in Puerto Rico. Have you got any stories of any scary moments with the the, the audience there? Because when I had Savio Vega on the show, he told me some really wild stories. So has that happened
1: to you over the years? Listen, I was at a match with Conan. (laughs) You know Conan? Yeah. He hit... He hit Carlos Colon's daughter, Stacy over the head with a guitar. He was supposed to, you know, he was serenading her, you know, with the mariachi. He had mariachis, you know, serenading her. Like, he was going to propose, you know. And he just took the guitar and busted her over the head with it. She was bleeding and everything, you know. Carlos Colon's daughter, you know. Fans, you know, you don't mess with Carlos Colon's daughter, right. Listen, it's in Umacao, Puerto Rico. The town was called Umacao, Puerto Rico. <laughs> He run. He's running, He runs into the dressing room. I tell you. I tell you what. Talk about scared shitless. The crowd was trying to bang open, the door open, like knock the door down to get at us in the dressing room. They had to call the SWAT. The police had to come and and put lines, a line like this, to have us go in between them, like to, to take us out of safety to the cars. You know to get out of the building. I mean, I was. That was the scariest I've ever been in my life. I mean, worse than desert storm. Trust me, worse <laughs> than that. Oh yeah. Wow, what that an angle! <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, awesome, awesome. The funny here to see the video uh, of celebration in the in the dressing room. I'm the first one, like jumping, you know, celebrating. Right, right next to Conan and them, but. Yeah, it wasn't funny when they
0: was trying to knock the door down the the the, the fans. It was crazy. <laughs> I love stuff like that. That's awesome. Uh another place that I've seen that you'd worked a little bit. Uh I've I've interviewed quite a lot of guys that wrestled for this company, IPW Hardcore, uh there in Florida, uh, run by my friend Mr. Ron Nemi. Uh Ron Nemey, yeah. Tell me a little bit about um working there and, and your experience there and the Florida scene at the time.
1: Well, listen, I would would say IPW Hardcore was probably the ECW of Florida. Mm. And and the talent that went through there was, I mean, bar none the best. I mean, that's why I met AJ Styles. You had the Black Nature Boy, Scoot Andrews. You had Mike Sullivan. I mean, you had Frankie Callazzo or Frankie Capone. I mean, the talent there, Bruce Santee. I mean, I wrestled there. I mean... Me and this guy, the Bug, we would call the Bug, uh, Spanish Fly was our tag team name. Wrestle guys called Halo Thirteen, Wire and Justice. I mean, we had great matches. I mean, just the talent that went through that company was just so unreal. I mean, the the shows were just great. I mean, I love working for those guys. Those guys are, are, are all great. Uh, Rajak Strong got his start there as well at IPW Hardcore. I mean, a lot of a lot of good wrestlers uh, came through there.
0: Yes, it certainly seems like a company that, you know, doesn't get uh, talked about enough, considering how many big names uh, came through there, and you know, uh, you know, are now big names that you know of on television today. Um, so, yeah, I just want to ask a little bit about that uh, because I think it's important to sing the praise of the company. Um, so, again, uh, going back to the World Wrestling Council and your time there, I just wanted to ask you a little bit about like. Uh, what were some of your proudest moments uh, working there for that company? Any sort of feuds or angles or stories that were told that you were a part of that you, that you look back upon fondly?
1: Well, actually, I mean, this Saturday I was with uh, Eddie Cologne, Primo Cologne, yeah. and uh, we was just shooting the shit. You know, we had lunch together and remembering that, yeah, we've known each other 22, 23 years. I actually got, can say that I have a hand in helping uh build his character, building, you know, in, in the wrestling business, help him out when he was a young kid, 18, 19 years old, you know. Uh, we were me and him we were just talking about that. And and we have that respect for each other. You know, I, I don't know if you know I have a I have my own wrestling company in Dominican Republic now, Dominican Wrestling Entertainment. And um speaking of Savio Vega, I'm actually wrestling Savio on the 15th of October on an anniversary show. Uh so so that should be interesting. That that should be good. But uh yeah, so Eddie, uh, helping Eddie Colón, you know, helping him bring him up in wrestling. And then he wrestled guys like Great Mysterio and things like that. And now to be who he is today, I'm proud of that. I have great friends like Pablo Marquez, you know, that he was an ECW original yep. and uh, he was in WWE as well. And and guys like that, we wrestled a lot also in, in the World Wrestling Council. And um, who else? Brent Dale was uh, in Puerto Rico. We had a great match an anniversary show there. I mean, and managing guys like scott hall razor ramon uh, uh apollo you know that's like my brother a friend of mine for years uh you know i've, I've had i've had the the pro the, i can say proudly that i've been able to be part of that too as well and and actually being matches with Abdullah the butcher and carlos Colon and stars like cheeky star you know and hugo sabinovich i mean just the list is endless, you know. And I'm I'm actually thinking about it now that you're saying it. It's like, just you know, say, man, I've have d- done that. You know what I mean? It's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. Like when you look back, you should be so proud of what you've been able to accomplish and who you've been able to work with and work for. I mean, just with the, the names that you're listing off there, it's it's it really seems almost surreal. If if I were you, I'd feel like it's surreal. My uh, happiest moment
1: is in New Jersey. I got to wrestle my idol. We start was Jimmy Superfly Snooker really so that yeah back in the early about 94 95 i got to wrestle jimmy superfly snooker in asbury park new jersey and that was like my biggest like oh my god i'm wrestling jimmy superfly snooker even bigger than jake the snake because jimmy superfly snooker was my you know that was he was my my number one guy
0: right did you take the splash huh did he did, did you yeah, take I the took,
1: big splash. The splash as <laughs> a matter of fact well I he I, I missed the splash because this one thing about me that you know, I had to go over. I had to go over right on him, but I'm the kind of guy. I, I'm beating. I'm beating Jimmy Superfly. Come on, man. No, man. I can't beat Jimmy Superfly Snooker. That's that was me back then. You know what I mean? I can't beat Jimmy Superfly Snuka. That was Jimmy Superfly Snooker. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but <laughs> it is what it is, right? Just like same thing with Jake the Snake. I didn't want. I didn't want to beat Jake the Snake. I'm like, what? Uh, what? You know what I mean? But, <laughs> you know. I guess uh, it's third job now, right? To uh, pass the torch, right?
0: That's it that's it. Um so I, I did also notice in my research at one stage you were the IWA Caribbean heavyweight champion seems to be out of the titles that you that you've won over the years that might be you know maybe the, perhaps the most prestigious so you could correct me if I'm wrong but uh, being bestowed you know the top spot in a wrestling company like that uh, you know, how did that make you feel?
1: Well you know at that time I was in, I was on a roll like we call it I had I was actually I had three titles at one time I was a world champion in, in War of Ecuador, a company in Ecuador called War. Yeah, I was their world champion. I was a world champion in, in Dominican Republic. And then I, I was the Caribbean champion in IWA. So I had those three titles at the wow. same time. So that, that, so that was the time for me. And I actually, I took advantage and I took a trip to Cuba. I actually went to Cuba and I said to myself, I have never seen ever anybody do a promo, a wrestling promo from Cuba. Have you ever seen one? No, no. So I went and went. I went to Cuba to Havana. They have the they have a Christ there. They have a Christ uh, statue. Yeah. And I went. and actually did a promo, a wrestling promo, in Havana, Cuba. I took a video of it and everything, and it's on YouTube. So I, as a Caribbean champion, I'm like, I'm the champion of the Caribbean. Cuba is part of the Caribbean. So I, I went and did a, a, a wrestling promo in Cuba. So I, I think that's that's also another first for me. So I'm the first one to do that too.
0: That's really cool. I I did not know. I and I did my best with my research. I did not know that you held three championships from three different countries, uh, three world championships. That is that's really that's quite that's quite awesome. Um, so uh, I wanted to ask about Dominican Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I believe that you're the president of the company. Uh, please uh, tell me and and everyone out there who's watching this a little bit about this wrestling company.
1: Well, I started the company in two thousand eight. I, I'm an accountant by trade. You know, uh, I went to college. I'm an, I'm an accountant. And uh, so I, I had an accounting business here in Orlando. And and I came across a guy that his father was, uh, used to be a referee for a big company in the Dominican Republic for Jack Beneno. And, uh, you know, that there was no more wrestling. It was gone. You know, they extinct. Like, just from, from one day to another, wrestling stopped in the Dominican Republic, right? right? For years. So... Uh, I mean there was there were some shows here and there, but not like before. You know what I mean? So I, I talked to him and I say, man, what what there's a whole bunch of wrestling companies in Puerto Rico. And, and Puerto Rico's a lot smaller than Dominican Republic. So let's let's do one. Let's do Let's open another one up in Dominican. You know, let's open one up there. And he's like, uh, I don't know. So I knew he was traveling there, and I I said to myself, huh? So I booked the flight, the same flight he was on. And I went. I I went to DR. When we got there, the same day he got there, I went to the whatever the office is called. You know where where you're at, but the, the State Department office. And I registered the name for the company right then and there. I said, and we so I, from that day on, I started. I said, we're going to start the wrestling company. I made him do it. He didn't want to, but I made him do it. <laughs> uh, he 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 backed out of it later, so it's just me now. But and uh, so from that day on, I said, oh, you know, and then. He showed me people and there was this legend there. His name was Relámpago Hernandez. He was like the big, he was like the Roddy Piper of of uh of Dominican Republic, right? And uh so he he took me around and showed me, you know, some of the old wrestlers, some new guys that were trying to train and things like that. And uh we, we got going. That's how we uh, how we started doing the DWE little by little.
0: Right, cool. So you said that uh, the you uh, the company was started in 2008 and it's still going oh, today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very cool. So um, as you mentioned, you would be wrestling Salvio Vega in October because uh, I was looking, I was doing as much research as I could. I couldn't find a lot on what might have been your final match or
1: final match to this date. Uh, are you still wrestling quite regularly? No, I haven't had a match in seven years. So, so that's the main. That's one of the things I, excuse me. I I settled as uh, as president of the company, right? I stopped I stopped wrestling one because you know my health condition, you know, because I'm on, I am on dialysis, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna risk, I'm gonna risk it all to uh, wrestle Savio that day. Uh, I'm actually in training. I'm are going to the gym. Apollo's son, which is he's like my nephew, uh, Apollo Jr. He you know I'm training with him a little bit and getting in the ring again. But I haven't had a match in seven years. So uh it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Wrestling somebody like Savio Vega is not gonna be easy at all. So it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be so
0: wonderful. I'm looking forward to finding out how that all goes. And and this has been so fun, uh Rico, to learn about your time in professional wrestling. Um, I've really enjoyed my time with you here. Uh, is there anything uh that you would like to to say to any of you fans out there, or, or anything that you would like to plug um, for whoever's watching this right now?
1: Sure. I want everybody could follow us on our YouTube uh, page. It's uh, DWE Lucha, D W E L U C H A. You can find us there and, and you'll see our wrestling shows on there. Uh, we always post them up within a week after having it. So the whole show is on there complete. They can watch. And uh, just follow us on Instagram. Same thing, DWE Lucha. And uh, on Facebook as well. And uh, I appreciate you having me here today. And uh, I tell everybody watching, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Hate me because I'm better than you.
0: (laughs) Very cool, Rico. And all that information, everyone, I will put on the description in uh, here on YouTube. So please check out DWE and uh, all the links will be there. Uh, But now we're getting quite close to the end of the interview here, Rico, but I've got to find out about your favorite things before we send off into the sunset here today. Um, The first one here, Rico, is who is your favorite professional wrestler of all time? Shawn Michaels. Excellent choice. Uh, Do you have a favorite opponent over the course of your career?
1: His name is Dr. Hertz. He's an independent guy from New Jersey. He's also one of my best friends. And anytime we get in the ring together, it's like we click. Him and Livewire. There's another guy named Livewire uh, from Puerto Rico. He, he's I would say those are two of my my favorite wrestlers uh, opponents. Very cool. Uh, when you look back
0: on your career, uh, is there one match that you think to yourself, you know what, that was that's
1: my favorite one that I ever performed in? You know, I I wrestled uh, Brent Dale at anniversary show in WWC. And in, in a in a in a match that the loser has to wear a dress, I read about that. Yeah, and I would have to say because of of because it was an anniversary show like the WrestleMania of WWE, and and it, the matches, I will say would have to be a perfect match from you know from beginning to end. So I would have to say that would be my favorite match.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Uh, getting away from wrestling now, do you have a favorite book?
1: Uh, I'm actually reading. Uh, Ring uh Ring of Temptations by Hugo Sabinovich. Oh huh. I, I like reading a lot of bibliographies and I like reading a lot of the wrestler's bibliographies and presidents of the United States. I I I am a big reading bibliographies. So I've i read the first five, uh, four presidents, there are all the bibliographies, and I like reading a lot of the all the I've read our uh, Big Foley's Ric Flair's, I've read um Hugo's books, I'm reading now. So I'm big on books like that. Yeah,
0: cool. I'm I'm into that as well. Um do you have a favorite TV show?
1: I'm a big uh, science fiction guy. So I like watching uh um what's the TV show I'm watching? Uh well, I like watching like CSI, things like that. You know what I mean? I, I like watching uh you know CSI. Um but I, I I watch a lot of Netflix series like uh I'm a big Star Wars guy. Cool. So I'm a big, uh, you know, that's, I'm a big Star Wars nerd. So anything Star Wars spinoff or Marvel, like, uh, you know, Invasion or Boba Fett or Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, I watch all that stuff. Awesome, awesome. Uh, do you have a favorite film? Star Wars. Star Excellent. Wars is my favorite film of all time. That's like, I mean, Star Wars here and everything else down here.
0: <laughs> that's cool. Uh, do you have a favorite musical artist or favorite band?
1: i'm a spanish guy not in music so mark anthony is yeah. my favorite artist uh, and air supply will be my favorite band
0: very nice choice. they're from
1: australia right they're of from course. australia aren't they
0: yeah i think yeah. so yeah they are yeah um yeah cool uh do, getting away from the arts now do you have a
1: favorite food lasagna
0: um mm, very I like good pasta
1: an like italian food uh, i'm and I and I can make it real good too. I'm a, I cook lasagna pretty good too. But lasagna is my favorite uh a meal, and of course, and Spanish food. Of course, you know rice and beans and things like that. Delicious. Uh, do you have a favorite place to eat on the road? I like uh, eating at um, Chili's, like Chili's.
0: Okay, that's like
1: yep. a restaurant. I don't know if you have that over there, but uh, it's Chili's restaurant. It's like that, or like a steakhouse, something that has you know. I'm a mika. I'm a meat and potatoes guy, so I, I like eating on the roast stuff like that.
0: Yeah, very good. I'm I'm quite the same. Uh, but we don't have chilies over here, unfortunately. As, Australia, we don't have a lot of of what, no. what, what you guys get over on the other side of the world, unfortunately. But that's okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we got three How's the to wrestling go scene
1: over there. How's the wrestling scene over there in Australia? Oh, the
0: wrestling scene—it's not too bad. Um, we've got you know a few companies around the uh, the country, but I would say, um, as far as like being able to make a living as a wrestler over here, you wouldn't be able to do it because they probably only get to put on a show maybe once every six to eight weeks.
1: Um, okay, okay, okay. I got yeah. you.
0: Unfortunately, but um that's why a lot of uh the, the good
1: wrestlers and you end up moving I know there's a guy used to be called Jim Barnett. He used to do re- a lot of wrestling tours in Australia, correct?
0: That's right. Yes. Uh over East I believe uh the company long time, actually, ago. Long
1: time ago I know that yeah
0: of course yeah it was called uh world championship wrestling believe it or not uh, right right <laughs> um anyway we've got three to go here rico uh do you have a favorite alcoholic beverage and if you don't drink just a favorite beverage in general
1: i don't drink alcohol i never like the taste of it yeah. but but bailey's i don't even know what bailey's Ooh, is it's yes like got kind of like a sweetie drink i could drink i could i could pass that one
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that's good i like bailey's uh second last one here uh it's 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 i guess could be considered a naughty one but it can have a very meaningful answer as well sometimes. Rico, uh, favorite female body part or you know favorite female body attribute. What would you what would you go with?
1: I would have to say the her butt, the butt. I gotta, <laughs> gotta have a nice looking round butt. <laughs>
0: Very cool, uh, and by the way, Mr. Don Morocco also uh, gave me the answer of but so <laughs> you're in you're in good company there uh, and the final one here Rico, I don't believe you've said one curse word throughout this interview, but the final one is supposed to be favorite curse word
1: shit oh shit. <laughs> That will be, be my favorite one, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Rika Casanova, this has been such a
0: joy to have the opportunity to talk to you, learn about your career, all the amazing things that you've accomplished in your life. Um, So, again, I want to thank you so much for your time. And, you know, I know that there's probably so many more stories that we didn't get to uncover through this interview. So hopefully one day uh, I can have you back on the show.
1: Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very and welcome, Thank you to everybody sir. down on this.
0: No worries, Rico. Thank you very much. And thank all of you for joining us here on the Insider's Edge podcast here. I'm California. This is my new friend, Rico Casanova. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you down the road. Thank you. And no chance in hell. I thought you'd ever see Vinnie Mac and Shane O'Mac. Here in All Elite Wrestling, Vince McMahon uh, looked like he might have shaved his eyebrows. Don't face network, that's the way we play. Don't pay, network, that's the way we play. Get puppies. Don't pay, network, that's the way we
1: play. Get the has been paid for by the WZWA Network.